applause this morning. Thank you, team. God bless you. All right. Well, I am looking forward to sharing this word with you. If you would open your Bibles with me to Psalm 103, and my title this morning is called Right Lifestyle is Blessed Living. Right Lifestyle is Blessed Living. In Psalm 103, verse 1 to 2, we've been looking at this for a number of weeks. Thank you. You're not going to get any extra in your inheritance, you know. I love that guy. Amen. He's a good man, isn't he? Yes. And he's not my son-in-law. He's my son. Um, Praise God. Uh, We've been looking at Psalm 103, starting with verse 1 to 2. This is the intro. And uh, David says, praise the Lord. Come on, soul. where, Where do we have a problem sometimes? Where do we get depressed? Did you know that your spirit never gets depressed. Did you know that? Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane when the disciples were overcome by the heaviness of what was about to happen. They didn't fully understand what was going to happen. Jesus mentioned once or twice that he was going to die. They still didn't get it. It was obvious from some of their conversations, obvious from the fact that Peter forbid Jesus to die, but the heaviness, the spiritual atmosphere of heaviness, the oppression of darkness was on them. Jesus said, I want you guys to pray with me. This is an important time to break through in prayer. And they fell asleep. Twice they fell asleep. Twice he had to wake them. And he said, the spirit is willing. Your spirit within you is always willing to move with God. But what interferes with us is the fact that our soul, our soul is where that fallen nature once had control. And uh, in the soul, that's the realm of our memories, our thoughts, our belief systems, our logic, and the realm, (coughs) I'm going to need that water. Maybe that was prophetic too. The soul is also the realm of our emotions, and it's in our mind. It's in the memory of the past, things that have happened. It's in conclusions we've come to regarding hurts in our lives. Those conclusions become belief systems, logic, fear, emotions. That's where we struggle, and David addresses the soul not the spirit. Your spirit is always willing and ready to worship the Lord, but too often it's drowned out by our soul. And David says, praise the Lord. Come on, get excited. Soul, mind, emotions, come on. Focus on God and be stirred up. All of my innermost being, praise his holy name. Bless the Lord and don't forget his benefits. I find that when I need a pick-me-up, the best thing for me to do is to focus back on the Lord and remind myself of his faithfulness, just like we sang today, 
remind myself of his power, remind myself of his unending love. And those are the things that will pick me up and get me back into the spirit and out of the soul. Praise God. And so we've been looking at some of the benefits that David lists. And if you are here for the first time, and if this message touches your heart, you could go back to our video archive on uh, YouTube. We have a Grace and Faith channel on YouTube. And watch some of the other series uh, and some of the benefits that David talks about. But before we get into today's benefit, I want to pair a verse that I... With this psalm, Psalm 103, I want to pair a verse from the New Testament. Now, as I was sharing the benefits or one of the benefits a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned this verse, but this verse needs to be paired with Psalm 103, period. David says, don't forget the Lord's benefits. That's the way to get out of depression. That's the way to get out of discouragement. That's the way to stop being filled with fear and allowing faith to rise up. Every one of us in life face issues. And the Bible says, Solomon said, the issues you face in life will be the byproduct of what's gone into your soul. My soul can take me down, but my spirit wants to take me up. And so in life, we have to learn how to get spiritual, not physical. We need to learn how to step from the realm of the soul into the realm of the spirit. And the word of God will always take you into the realm of the spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit. And they are life. He did not say, my words are spiritual. He said, my words are spirit. There's a vast difference. The word of God carries the breath of God. The very word of God carries the anointing, the power, and the ability to perform and to create the very thing that word is saying. And so when I get into the Word of God and I remember the benefits of God, the Word of God, the Spirit of God starts pumping me up and my soul loses its voice in, in, the, in the submission to my Spirit and the Spirit of God. Amen. Absolutely. And that's where we need to be. That's where we need to go. And so the verse I want to pair is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 21. I touched on this briefly uh, the other week as I spoke about one of the benefits. But honestly, I think this is the New Testament verse that needs to go with this Old Testament Psalm 103. In 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul says, look... God has made a ton of promises from the Old Testament to the New Testament. But when Jesus Christ died on that cross, that was his statement shouting, yes. The death of Christ on the cross was to come into agreement. It was him coming into agreement with everything that God wishes and wants and wills for his children. And so on the cross, Jesus was saying yes to the promises of God. 
But Paul takes this one step further, and he says, but there's a, pl- a part that you and I have to play. And it says, no matter how many promises God has made, we know the yet, there's always a yes in Jesus Christ to the promises of God. But you and I also know that there's not always a yes, I believe, in us. Sometimes we got a bit of fear. Sometimes we have a bit of doubt. Sometimes we are wondering whether or not God would actually love me. Paul says, for this process to come to fruition, God the Father has to make a promise, which he has. God the Son has to seal it with his blood, which he has. And then the sons of God, the sons and the daughters of God, according to this verse, and so through him, Jesus Christ, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen doesn't mean, okay, prayer's over. No, amen means that's exactly how it's going to be in my life. So when we read the promises of God, the amen needs to be in us. When I was a little boy, I loved the word amen. Because when they said amen at the dinner table, it meant it's over. Now I can eat. But amen doesn't mean it's the end. Amen means that's how it's going to be. And when the promises of God are read by you, or when you and I Don't forget the benefits of God and we remind ourselves there needs to be an amen coming out of our mouth and that is, yet God, I see what you're saying and I'm wearing that. That's how it's gonna be for me, my family, and my situation. Are you with me, church? Amen. Every promise. So we're going to look at one of the benefits of God today. And it's a benefit that we need to pair this principle with and declare it over ourselves. And so we're going to look at Psalm 103, verse 6. And this is one of the benefits that David enumerates. And he says, The Lord works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. Now, I don't advocate that you live life like a victim. But every one of us from time to time have things happen to us that we think isn't fair or unjust. We have situations where something gets stolen from us, a moment gets stolen, an opportunity is taken, There are injustices in life that are not always meaningfully directed at us by another person, but the thief, the enemy, Satan and his whole host of rebellious antagonists have come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's why the world is in such a mess. There is a spirit world. There's the spirit world of God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and his holy angels, and there is a spirit world of fallen anarchists 
who hate creation and hate mankind. And Jesus rightly said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. But the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Verse 6 says, the Lord will work righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. Now, I just want to make a comment here. We're using the word oppressed, but I want to make a comment. And I want you to, everyone look at me for a moment. I want you to be very honest with yourself. Because I have found that the word of God is best applied when I'm open honest and sincere with me. When there are things in me that are obstacles or barriers and I don't see them and the word of God is preached, if I'm honest and not defensive, the word of God can set me free. If I'm defensive, it'll just bounce right off of me and have no effect. Sometimes, as people, we get conditioned, maybe because of trauma, hurts, disappointment, inferiority, a whole host of things. Maybe because you were born a certain color or culture, a certain height. We see ourselves as victims. We have sorrow for ourselves. We indulge in a little bit of too much sympathy or self-pity. <clears throat> I address this from time to time. If you indulge in the mindset of always being a victim, you're enjoying it too much. And if your perspective in life is that the whole world is against you, you have opened the door to accommodate demons who will be more than happy to steal, kill, and destroy from you. You see, a victim mentality leaves the door open to the thief. But as sons and daughters of God, we have to have a mentality that we are here to rule and to reign in life through Jesus Christ. And yes, stuff happens. And you know the word that the world uses, stuff happens. Yeah, it does. But I am not going to be a victim of circumstance. I am going to be a victor in Jesus Christ. Amen. Life wants to push me around. Life wants to beat me up. Life wants to step on me, but that's when we've got to become bigger in who we are in Jesus Christ and say, no, devil, you don't have the last say in my life. God the Father has the last say. Jesus has the last say, and I'm in agreement, and that's how it's going to be. Self-pity, sympathy, evoking, always saying things in a way so that someone feels sorry for you. Learn to shut that door. Shut that window. Now, I can talk about this because I was born very, very sickly from infancy, from the hospital, and it followed me a good portion of my life. 
And I leaned on negative attention because that was the one thing that evoked people to talk about me in what I thought was a warm, um, in a warm, loving way. And so out of my needs, I grabbed onto that. And I would always say things in a way so you'd feel sorry for me. Now, since God set me free from that, by the way, no mistake, since God set me free from that mindset, I'm not the victim anymore. I shut that door on that booger's face. Hello? Come on, we need to shut the door on the enemy and open the heavens of praise to the kingdom of God. Are you with me, church? Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a clap. Go on. <clears throat> the word oppressed in the Hebrew is the word ashak. Oppressed, wronged, extorted, deceitfully abused, defrauded. I am sure that all of us feel like that from time to time. Don't live there. And don't lick your wounds. And don't wear it as a badge. And don't let it be your testimony. It's what you're forever talking about. That's not my testimony. The Bible says in Revelation that the sons of God overcame the enemy by the word of their testimony. My testimony is that the blood of Jesus has paid the price. I'm not the victim. I'm the winner. And I am victorious through my Savior and my Lord Jesus. Amen. They overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. That's why it's so important that the words out of your mouth is, Amen. When you read the word of God, that's how it's going to be. So many times in our mind, we will preempt a situation and we see a negative scenario in our imagination. We say, yeah, that'll probably happen to me. That always happens to me. We are giving an amen to the promises of the demonic world. Good preaching, Pastor Rob. When your mind preempts, starts to meditate before the situation, and it starts seeing all of the possible negative scenarios, and we don't shake that out of our head, we have given an amen to the promises of darkness. I want to be somebody who's given an amen to the promises of God. That's how it's going to be for me. Amen? Everybody, repeat after me. That's how it's going to be for me. I am the redeemed of God. And I am blessed, and I will live in the blessing. Amen. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. <clears throat> the oppressed, you and I have been wrong from time to time. We're not going to camp out there. We're not going to live there. But look at what the Word of God says. The Lord works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. Now, here's the problem. I believe that with all my heart. 
And you and I need to clothe ourselves with Christ. How many of you know the Bible says clothe yourself with Christ? How many of you know the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and nothing that was created was created without the Word, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us? Who's the Word? Jesus. Clothe yourself with the Word of God. Clothe yourself with Christ. So when negative things happen, you can either feel sorry and tell 50 people about, oh, you've been so disadvantaged. Stop acting from the wound of your childhood. Do you know that most of us, under pressure, we will actually act the age and the emotional status of the age that we were traumatized. That's a fact. And the enemy wants to keep you from coming to your full stature in Jesus Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul says, whether things are good or things are bad, whether I've got plenty in my pocket or none in my pocket, whether people are praising me or beating me, I've learned the secret of being content. He brings himself to a place where he can get happy in the word of God. He clothes himself with the word of God. You and I need to clothe ourselves regularly with the word of God. I don't mean read 10 chapters Read pertinent scriptures like this. This is a one-liner. This is a one-liner. The Lord works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. Can you imagine if you and I were to wear Jesus Christ, the word of God, every time the enemy comes knocking, every time the enemy comes and takes that drink away, every time he robs us of a blessing... If we didn't get down in the mouth and start sharing our testimony upon me, oh, you feel sorry for me, go on, pet me, pet me, that's it, yeah. If we don't do that, we are glorying in the enemy. If we learn not to do that and clothe ourselves with just this one benefit, Oh, devil, you took from me? Oh, you shut a door on me? That was mine? You want to rob from me? The Lord my God who is faithful will work righteousness and justice for me. Hallelujah. My goodness, how different our lives would be when stuff happens if we were convinced inside that the word of God is absolute truth. It doesn't matter how bad the situation looks. Peter's in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. Peter had years of experience on the Sea of Galilee. It was a shallow lake. It's only 100 feet in its deepest section. They consider that shallow. But it could get 12-foot waves. This was his daddy's business, so he had been on that boat since he was knee-high to a grasshopper. He saw the waves. He knew what it meant. It could capsize this boat. It's every man for himself. 
And there's Jesus. And Peter says, man, don't you care? I thought you loved us. You're not even worried. We're going to die. See, Jesus, the word of God, was clothed in the word of God. He was probably dreaming and Dreaming, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> I'll never be in need. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What a dramatic change in our mental state, emotional state, and ultimately our physical state and our situational state if we really learn to apply the word of God. The word of the Lord. Do you know that every word in that book is the word of the Lord? Well, having said that, let me say this. Did you know the word of the Lord brings life? And you could say to me, well, give me a scripture for that. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. They're not spirit and death. They're spirit and life. The word of the Lord brings life. The word of the Lord brings life. The word of the Lord brings life. God's word brings the spirit to create the very thing it's talking about. The Lord will perform righteousness and justice for the oppressed. Now you can live in sorry land. I got news for you. You'll never change your address until you change your mindset. And so we need to understand. David said, don't forget the benefits of God. And he listed just some of the things that I think David clothed himself with all the time. Here, David was defending his camp one time. And they go out against some bad guys and he takes the men with him and some other bad guys come in the back door and take all their sons, their daughters, their wives, their sheep, their goats. David comes back and he sees smoke over the hills. They start to gallop faster and faster and faster. I bet you've never seen a pastor do that before. They start to gallop faster and faster. They come over the hill. <laughs> Show them how to gallop. You do it too. You went, you who, you get up and gallop. There you go. <laughs> they start to gallop faster and faster. Their mouth, their heart is in their mouth and they come over the hill. And sure enough, it's their camp burning. The Bible says all the men started to complain. They were victims in their mind and victims in their heart, so they were victims in their situation. And you know what the Bible says? David encouraged himself in the Lord. You see, that's why I love this psalm. David says, come on, don't forget the benefits. Do you understand? Some people will pay $5,000 to hear the top salesperson, the top uh, motivational speaker. I, I pay nothing 
to hear the greatest king, earthly king that ever lived, and I take his advice seriously to heart. It was in situations like this that David would remind himself of the benefits of God. And so as he saw the smoldering camp, he's the leader. These guys are cranky. It's his butt they're going to want to kick next. What does David do? He encourages himself in the Lord and he says, The Lord will bring righteousness and justice to me because in this moment I am oppressed, but it'll only be a moment. Listen, we could clock out in a couple of minutes. You bent to church, you got your sermon. Or we can let this get inside of us. You and I need to develop a mindset that rejoices in the word of God. You could say this verse and say, Oh, well, the Lord will bring righteousness and justice for the oppressed. And that's me. I sure am oppressed. Don't expect anything. You wanted misery. You wanted sympathy. Your faith has fed you well. Get happy in the Lord. You know why Jesus said, look at this mountain. If you don't have doubt, you can move the mountain. You know why he said it? Jesus was saying, your God is always bigger than your problems. Your God is always bigger than your problem. And so when mountains come into my life, I look at from where they came from. And when I recognize that it is an enemy, and not God saying, I want you to go this way instead of straight ahead. I say to that mountain, I say to that whole team of demonic antagonists, in Jesus' name, get out of here. Be removed from my life. You have no business harassing me. What did David say to giant Goliath, over eight foot tall? David came and all of Saul's army was afraid to address this giant. David says, the giant says to him, what do you think, I'm a dog? You think I'm a little chihuahua? You come with me with a stick and some stones? You gotta be kidding me. Hey, Saul, this is the best you got? You send a boy after me with a pretzel stick? <laughs> David looked him fair in the eye. And he said, I come to you. How dare you insult the armies of the living God? Do you understand you are part of the army of the living God? If that mindset isn't in you, it needs to get in you. If you have asked Jesus Christ into your heart, forget the military of the United States of America. You are part of the most phenomenal military response force in the universe. 
And God himself heads up the army. David looks at that giant and he reminds himself of who he is. We are the armies of the living God. He says, I don't come to you with a sword or a spear or a javelin. You got a bodyguard who's got to hold your shield. I come to you, yeah, with a slingshot. It looks like a pretzel stick. And what looks like a pebble to you. But I don't even come in that. I come in the name of the Lord God most You see, you can be the victim, and if you dance in being the victim, be prepared for this reality, Satan is the victor. You wanna be the victim? Have a tea party. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. You can. But all those in attendance will be demons celebrating your demise. David said, don't forget the benefits that belong to those who are of the household of God. Don't forget the benefits that are yours, that are ours, that are mine. Remind yourself. If you want to be the victim, you've thrown your crown to the ground and you've already called Satan the victor. No, sir. No, sir. The reason why Jesus is crowned with many crowns is because every prince, every ruler, every demonic entity that had a say-so, he faced them face to face on his worst possible hair day. You girls think you had a bad hair day sometimes. I've had a bad hair life. <laughs> On Jesus' worst possible human life day, whipped 39 times, his beard plucked out of his face, Punched in the eye, stabbed in the gut with a spear, nails through his hands and his feet. His worst possible day, he went to the belly of hell. And he didn't just face one demon. He said, bring it on. Because at the end of my strength, there's still enough in me to take you all down. Hallelujah. Oh! That's who we believe in. And at the end, he had many crowns on his head because every one of them had to throw their crown in the ring of defeat and say, you are Lord. Amen. So whose testimony are you going to give? Are you going to give God's testimony? The Lord works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. Or are you going to sing the devil's testimony? Uh, I am beat up. My dog got run over. My car's got a flat. Bad things always happen to me. Devil, you are so awesome. You are so big. We would never say that 
but we say it. No, there's going to be a song in my mouth, but that song is going to be about the goodness of God. There's going to be a song in my mouth, but it's going to be about the benefits of God for Rob Scarallo. See, I, I just want to get you into the same place because God doesn't favor me. He favors us. Hello? He favors us. Now, when it's just me and God, I talk like, yeah, he favors me. Of course he favors me. Andre and Adrian. Adrian, he favors me. He favors me a heap, dude. I am blessed from the moment I get up in the morning. And I'm blessed to the moment I go down to sleep. But he doesn't favor me more than he favors you. If you've let Jesus be your Lord, he favors you as much as he favors the preacher. We are favored. We are his favorites. Hallelujah. That's my introduction. I got a whole page of notes. We're going to leave it there. Can I encourage you to wear, clothe yourself in Jesus? He is the word. He is the word. Take the word of God. What the heck do you think David said, don't forget? Because people forget. The devil comes with signs and wonders. And that he's got us wondering. God's got better signs and wonders but to see the signs and wonders of God, you got to clothe yourself with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So I will say, when hardship comes my way, yippity-dippity, the Lord will rescue me, and he will bring me righteousness, and he will bring me justice. Come on, let's stand. Stand with me. Now remember, that's just the introduction. Thank you, buddy. God is good. Listen, it's easy to preach good when you're talking about Jesus. It's easy to preach good when you're talking about God. Preach the word and don't compromise it. Don't, don't make excuses for the word of God. Let the word of God stand as it is. Oh, well, this means if, and you know, well, that was then, and fully, let the word of God be the word of the Lord, and put the word of the Lord in your mouth, and clothe yourself with the word of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I see people walking around, they got these white things sticking out of their ears, they look like aliens, others... My vintage got these earmuffs on their heads, you know, we're pumping news, we're pumping music, we're pumping. I wish you could take your Bible and flap it over your head so it covers your ears. Oh, I had a good week, I had a good month. Let me tell you what my last two 
months look like. My niece and my nephew by marriage, I love them dearly. His dad died when he was a little boy. Two months ago, he lost his mom. His mother-in-law and father-in-law in Australia. I'm his uncle. I'm close to them. I weep with them. Four weeks ago, my mom entered heaven. And she's with Jesus. Two weeks after that, my uncle who's 80 years young, and I'm being young, 81, we're going to have his memorial straight after church. I'm going to his church. He'd pick up logs in the backyard, fit as a fiddle. He heard his big sister went home, so he decided to go home. My aunt from New Jersey figured, heck, they're all having a party I ain't going to miss. And so last week she went to be with the Lord. And Saturday, no, Friday, 4 a.m., I got a text from my brother in Australia. My parents built an Italian church for Italian immigrants in Adelaide, South Australia. And one of the founding members there, faithful to my mom and dad, their kids were my friends. We grew up together. Carm, Anna, and Fed. We were kids together. Carm is my sister-in-law now. My brother married their oldest daughter. My mom just passed away. You know what I'm doing? I'm clothing myself with the reality of the Word of God. I'm not going to feel sorry. First of all, this hope we have, I don't know why they call it a hope. It's a reality. It's not a hope. It's a reality. I know where I'm going. Those that love the Lord are going to be with Him forever. But, I, you know, if I, didn't, if I didn't care about all these relatives who are older than me, if I didn't care, at the very least, I'd have to be concerned. That puts me on the next rung of the ladder. I'm going to be here a long time. I got a lot of work to do. You guys don't say amen loud enough, so I got to stay and teach you how to get excited. <laughs> Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I clothe myself with God's word, Jesus Christ. And I remind myself, he's the captain of the host of the armies of God. And if God is for me, who in hell is gonna be against me? Amen. 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 Would you close your eyes? Friend, I've talked a lot about the benefits of those who have Jesus Christ in their heart. Religion cannot put him in your heart. Being an altar boy, being confirmed, going to Sunday school since you were four years old, that can't put Jesus in your heart. 
there's only one thing that will put Jesus in your heart and that's the day that you say Jesus Christ come on I'm a sinner like everyone else I need you I want a personal relationship come into my life you see you could come here and get some good teaching but that won't put Jesus in your heart the next 120 seconds will put Jesus in your heart. You have to ask him. You have to invite him. You have to want him. And so before we go, while every eye is closed, those of you that are here and you're ready to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, whether you're watching by live stream or you're here in the flesh, Put your hand up while every eye's closed. Come on, put your hand up. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Another two over here to my right. Thank you. That's four. Someone else. Five. Thank you. I see that hand. Who else? I'd like to say yes to Jesus Christ. I see that hand to my left. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hand down now. Thank you. God bless you. Listen to me. Everyone look at me now. Everyone look. You're not cheating if you open your eyes now. You can look. Let me give you an assurance. All you have to do is pray this prayer sincerely. Just even raising your hand, you're saying, Jesus, I want you. Jesus said, anyone who will acknowledge me, I will acknowledge them. I'm going to ask the whole church to pray. And if you raised your hand especially, I want you to say, Jesus, this is me. They're doing this for me. And I want you to let it be your prayer. What we're going to do is we're going to say, God, I believe you love me. Jesus, you are God. You died for me. Now I'm asking you, you rose again, come and live inside my heart. No trickery. I told you up front what we're going to pray. Close your eyes. Everyone repeat after me. Dear God, I believe you love me. Jesus Christ, I know you are God. And you died on that cross for me. And I needed it. I've sinned. I've failed. Jesus Christ, come into my heart today. Look past my mistakes and see my needs. I welcome you, Jesus Christ, to live inside of me. Forgive me. Cancel out all of my shame. But most of all, Jesus Christ, live in me. Let your life Live through me. I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you that it's as simple as this childlike prayer. Thank you, Jesus, because you've heard me and you forgive me. And today, I am born again. I am forgiven.
I am a Christian. I am saved. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. These are principles of God. I love reading the Bible. It's a book of life. It's a book of principles. It gives me the keys of the universe. It helps me understand my dad. And it helps me understand how well he understands me. I love the Word of God. I want to encourage you. Read, read the Word of God. And come here every Sunday. And if you're watching, come every Sunday. And let's eat the Word of God together. Amen. To all of you, I hope you come back. I want to keep building you on the Word of God so that the fullness of Christ will be in your life. Amen. God bless you guys. Have an incredible week. God bless you. Amen.